there is an epidemic failure within the game to understand what is really happening. And this leads people who run Major League Baseball teams to misjudge their players and mismanage their teams. Go on. Okay. People who run ball clubs, they think in terms of buying players. Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. And in order to buy wins, you need to buy runs. You're trying to replace Johnny Damon. The Boston Red Sox see Johnny Damon and they see a star who's worth $7.5 million a year. When I see Johnny Damon, what I see is, is an imperfect understanding of where runs come from. The guy's got a great glove. He's a decent leadoff hitter. He can steal bases, but is he worth the seven and a half million dollars a year that the Boston Red Sox are paying him? No, no. Baseball thinking is medieval. They are asking all the wrong questions. Hi, everybody. This is Ed Huffman. And welcome to the main event. I started out with that clip from the movie Moneyball for two reasons. Two reasons. The first reason is uh, the World Series going on, you know, the Dodgers and the, against the Lakers or the Dodgers against the Rams or the Dodgers against, the, I don't know, the Houston Astros. I know, I'm not really that dumb. Uh, but you know what? Uh, baseball's going on. It's on your mind. You're probably not even listening to my show because the Dodgers are probably playing while, uh, while you should be listening to my show and actually thinking about something important. Uh, but the uh, but second reason is uh, with all the tax reform stuff talking and all the everybody getting their, their panties in a wad, everybody getting all up and, oh, they're going to get rid of the mortgage tax deduction. Oh, they're going to get rid of this. They're going to get rid of that. People don't understand how the thing works. That's one of the problems we have with our tax code is it's too complicated. Hey, you know what? If they get rid of the mortgage tax deduction, but they give you double the standard deduction, does that offset it? It almost does. It depends on how the size of your uh, size of your uh, of your mortgage. It also also hey, they get rid of the alternative minimum tax. Some of you guys don't even realize it. You write off your your uh, your your home mortgage on your house, but if you make more than um, if you it, the, I think the alternative minimum tax kicks in at one hundred thirty thousand. So if you have taxable income over 130, it starts to phase out and somewhere around 260, you don't get any benefit anymore. So some of you guys are going, hey, they're getting rid of the mortgage tax deduction. Guess what? You didn't get it anyway. Some of you guys don't think right. Hey, in the second half, I'm going to have my CPA, Brooke Horsepool, uh, join me, and we're going to talk about that stuff. We're going to try and help iron this stuff out. Be his first time on the radio, so hopefully he's not too nervous. Um, try to try to make everybody just talk, but sometimes having that microphone in front of you is a little intimidating, so we'll see how he does. But uh, I'm going to talk about the rest of the stuff that's going on this week, and there's some exciting stuff, but first I'm going to introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, based here in Southern California, offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting uh, involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are some fantastic opportunities in real estate, if you need financial and call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because 
let's sit next to you to know your personal stuff. Go to WCCLoans.com. Click on the Loan Center. Uh, click on Apply Now. Put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. And uh, you'll hear either from uh, me or one of my teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, uh, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, uh, Oscar Trujillo, or did I leave anybody out? I hope not because they're all going to get their feelings hurt if I didn't mention them on the on the radio. You'll hear back from one of my teammates or myself, and uh, we'll help you uh, fit the find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. And uh, you know what? Uh, um, one of the other thing, one of the other things, you know, whether you want to refinance or buy, the hot item right now is reverse mortgages. Uh, those of you that are that are over sixty two. Um, what a great product. What a great product. You know, it's uh, if you've got if you've uh, you're over 62 and you've got more life left in you than you have money, uh, this could bridge the gap. And I and I hear the some of the realtors actually talking about, "Oh my god, the mortgage interest deductions going away. People won't want to buy houses." Hey, you guys don't understand how people work. Understanding how human behavior works is is understanding that people don't buy for a more for a mortgage tax deduction. They buy for they they buy cuz they want to own and uh and oh my god we got to do this new thing there's a new thing in california i might have mentioned it last week um they're trying to get it to where if you're over 55 you can move your move your uh, tax rate so you know what if you're if you're in marin county and you want to move over to san francisco county and you're got to sell your two-story five hundred thousand dollar house and buy a million dollar single story because you're old we need to uh we need to we need to you know, do something to help those people not have to pay so much in taxes. And I go, wait a minute, isn't that you guys are trying to give tax breaks to the rich? Isn't that what you got? What you Democrats think is uh is the problem that we're giving tax breaks to the rich? There's a thing called a reverse mortgage. This could help people have to make that transition as well. Uh, it's a great product. We do a ton of them, and we do them fast. Eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. Uh, if you have something you want to say, or don't forget our listener hotline. 855-640-2092. If I say something that makes you mad or inspires you, call me and give me your comments. You know, everybody's entitled to my opinion. Uh, now I want to hear yours. So uh, let's see here. Um, if you any part of the show you want repeated, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear uh, this show and several past shows on demand anytime, or you can also get me on iCloud or or uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can actually subscribe for free, where it can uh, download to your uh, to your uh, listening device, your phone, your 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 iPod, your iPad, your computer, um, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, and you can uh, hear it whenever you want. Um, and uh, follow me on social media: Twitter is at Ed Hoffman and uh, Facebook.com/slash The Main Event Ed Hoffman. Brooke, we need to shorten that down. We need to find a better, seems like a long time. Or I guess just search Ed Hoffman, the main event. I don't know. Anyway, but it's facebook.com slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. Um, and you know what? Let me say this, which is not on my script. I saw the movie uh, American Made last week. Uh, just thinking about edhoffman.net. We have a uh, we have a, a link on there that says Clinton Casualties. If you didn't hear my show last October, right before the uh Right before the election, I went. I spent a whole hour talking about all the people that have crossed paths with the Clintons, Hillary and Bill, and uh, suddenly came up dead. And uh, and it just, you know, it just. Well, this guy committed suicide. This guy, uh, I don't know how it happened. They just came up dead. And it's just, uh, 
it's a strange, peculiar, peculiar quinkadink. I just, I don't know. He just died. So uh, people just don't die for no reason. Um, but if you walked in the path with, you know, I wonder about this this guy that uh, that's going to testify about the uh, uranium thing, which I'm going to talk about next. He should uh, probably he should probably go to an undisclosed location. Make sure he doesn't just end up dead before he testifies. So, uh, but I'll I'll talk about that. But uh, you know, I was watching uh, American Made, and you know, as I'm seeing it, they moved Tom Cruise. It's a it's a story about Iran Contra. You don't even realize it until um, you get there. That this, this was a guy that was involved in the Iran Contra uh, thing back in the '80s. But um, there's a little piece of Bill Clinton in that, and uh, it all ties into Clinton casualties. Go see that movie. It's great. Um, I think I need to see it two or three more times. One other thing that's off script um, that I just thought of, I actually tweeted about this the other day. You know what? Why are opiates, the opiates such a national crisis while state by state we keep na- we keep legalizing marijuana? Um, are the marijuana growers involved in this? We don't want people to take pain pills anymore. They want them to smoke weed. So we're trying to get more people to buy weed. We're trying to increase our market share. So let's cause an opiate crisis. You know, pain pills or or smoking weed. I don't know. What is the... I don't understand why one is a national crisis. Because it's prescribed by doctors. And one uh, you buy on the corner from your weed dealer. Um, I, guess, I guess in January they'll be able to buy them all over the place. But it's a sad state of affairs. This country doesn't make sense, and especially this state doesn't make sense. So let's talk about what's going on. Let's talk about what's going on in this country. This week, the Senate Judiciary Committee opened an investigation into the sale of 20% of America's uranium to Russia during Obama's presidency. Remember, this deal that involved millions of dollars in kickbacks, much of which mysteriously made its way back to the Clinton Foundation. How did that happen? $150 million just arrived at the Clinton Foundation. I don't know. These guys are sneaky. And uh, if you if you listen to the Clinton casualty, we should put up that show. Should put up the Clinton casualty show on the internet. In addition to just the the actual uh, list, we'll put that up on the on edhoffman.net so you can hear the hear me narrate it all the way through. It's got a lot more detail than if you read it. Um, but there's a lot of stuff involved in that. So, uh, but here's here's Congressman Devin Nunes from the House Intelligence Committee uh, talking about this. What we're here today to announce is, a, is an inquiry into. Uh, Russia's involvement into uh, the uranium deal that was uh, done several years ago. Uh, this is uh, just the beginning of this probe. Uh, we are uh, we're not going to jump to any conclusions at this time. Uh, but one of the things, as you know, that we're concerned about is whether or not there was an FBI investigation. Was there a DOJ investigation? And if so, uh, why was Congress not informed of this matter? Yeah, Congress seems to be not informed of a lot of things. Um, so here, here's this is kind of a complicated scandal. So here, let me give you an overview. Follow the bouncing ball, everybody. Okay, number one, uranium is a key ingredient in developing nuclear weapons. In case you didn't know, it's uh, it's uh, one of those rocks you break open and it glows. 
from uh, if you remember uh, social studies or uh, American history, you know, uh, Madame Curie, uh, Pierre, and whatever, I don't know, the Curies that discovered radioactivity in uranium. So it's uh, this radioactive stuff, and they use it to make nuclear weapons. They also make it to use it to use, make nuclear power plants and all kinds of stuff. Russian President Vladimir Putin wants 20% of the uranium that's on American soil. Actually, he wants all of the uranium, the uranium that's on every soil, but he's interested... Uh, because the uh, 20% of the, it's already owned by a Canadian mining company called Uranium One. So Uranium One wants to sell American uranium to Russia, but because uranium is a national security product for the United States, various federal agencies have to okay the deal. One of those agencies was the United States State Department. At that time, our State Department was led by Hillary Clinton. What does her department say to the deal? They say yes. Then the Uranium One executives who wanted the sale to Putin to go through because they're going to make a bunch of bunch of money, they donated millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation, charitable contributions, tax write-offs. Well, we we can't pay Hillary for this because that would be that would be unethical. That would be uh, she couldn't accept that. But we can make a a uh, tax deductible charitable contribution to the Clinton Foundation. This happened to, This happened in three separate transactions from 2009 to 2013. They sold it to this guy, sold this guy, and it actually goes through some other country in uh, the Middle East um, that, that uh, Clinton, uh, Hillary, and Bill were involved in. Uh, plus, plus Uranium One's chairman uses, chairman uses Family Foundation to make four donations to the Clinton Foundations, totaling $2.35 million. $2.35 million. Those contributions were not publicly disclosed by the Clintons, even though Hillary had signed a, uh, made an agreement with, with uh, Barack Obama uh, with the White House that she would disclose every donation that came in while she was in the Senate. Well, I mean, while she was in the state, uh, the Secretary of State. But that wasn't the end. Bill and Hillary's personal involvement in helping Russia build its nuclear uh, arsenal. I'll let Sean Hannity tell part of the story. And on the other side of it, yeah, Bill Clinton doubling his speaking fees in Moscow, mm-hmm. wanting to talk with nuclear representatives in the, in the nuclear energy industry in Moscow. Then he meets with Vladimir Putin. The bank that paid him has an interest in Uranium One in that deal going down. And Putin had an interest because he wanted to gain an access and foothold into the marketplace in the United States. And what does Hillary Clinton have to say about this? It's the same baloney they've been peddling for years, and there's been no, no credible evidence by anyone. In fact, it's been debunked repeatedly and will continue to be debunked. But here's what they're doing, and really, I have to give them credit. You know, Trump and his allies, including Fox News, are really experts at distraction and diversion. So the closer the investigation about real Russian ties between Trump associates and real Russians, as we heard Jeff Sessions finally admit to, Uh, in his testimony the other day, the more they want to just throw mud on the wall and I'm their favorite target, me and, you know, President Obama. We're the ones that they always like to put into the crosshairs. Did anybody hear Jeff Sessions admit to anything about the Russians at that testimony last week? I don't remember hearing anything like that. And I listened to a good portion of it. Um, The the Republicans are, are the ones that are that are so expert at distraction and diversion. I think uh, Hillary knows Hillary knows that whatever she says is all people are going to hear. She knows that most Americans are stupid. Um, most American voters, they don't have time. They, they're more concerned with whether the Dodgers win the, the, the World Series or, you know, just 
how the, the price of beer at Dodger Stadium or at uh, the Astrodome. Um, it, it, you know, beers are expensive there. I can't pay that much for tickets if I had to, because I got to have beer money. So, uh, you know, people are, aren't really engaged. So when they see this interview with Hillary, they say, hey, you know, uh, this is really not, this is just diversion. This is, this is nothing. It's the same baloney. It's been checked out and proven wrong. Just like trickle-down economics doesn't work. And don't believe that corporations create jobs. It's been proven and and failed. It's been tried and failed over and over. It's been debunked. You know, it's, you know do you ever get tired of listening to Hillary's voice? I do. Um, but it's interesting to me that uh, that... The Russian, the Russian investigation is there to try and get rid of Trump, and it's blowing up in their face. I like it. So meanwhile, the Clinton campaign still decided to push the story that the Trump's election was illegitimate because Russians interfered. Here's what White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders put, uh, put uh, a nice bow on this story. I think this further proves uh, if there was anyone that was colluding with the Russians to influence the election, look no further than the Clintons, look no further than the DNC. This is hypocrisy at its highest level, and I think it may be a new low in American politics. Everything that the Clinton campaign and the DNC were falsely accusing this president of doing over the past year, they were actually doing themselves, it turns out, and I think that this is a major scandal for the Democrats. You know what? I love Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I love you know what you know what I like about her. She's kind of her dad, but not as smooth. You know, uh, I always said when uh, when Mike Huckabee ran for president the first time, I go, you know, Mike is too smooth, man. He's he's a he's a minister, a preacher, a pastor, whatever he calls himself, um, and he's got all the smooth lines, the cool stuff that he probably uses in his sermons, and he's he's smooth. He's got a smooth voice and he just he just comes across just comes across really showy and uh you know just the way he the way he talks sarah huckabee sanders um has some of that but she's more regular conversation tell it like it is no sugar coating don't don't make you know talk from your talk from your heart not talk from you don't talk from a teleprompter you're talking talking just saying her words Talking from her heart, uh, like Trump does, um, when he's not talking from a teleprompter. Of course, if we compare that to 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 Barack Obama, we'll just call him Bo because he stinks. Um, so uh, when you saw when you saw Barack Obama talk without a teleprompter, he couldn't find he couldn't find two words to to put together to make a even a short little sentence. Because uh, let me let, let me let me get my thoughts together. Just uh, let me get. I should have that. I should have that clip on, uh, ready to go. Whenever he was uh, not on teleprompter, he's really smooth at reading somebody else's words. But when he had to put two words together himself, he just couldn't put, couldn't do it. So, uh, so anyway, finally, we also learned this week that Fusion GPS, the firm that put together the phony dossier about Trump hiring Russian prostitutes to urinate on the bed Ob- the Obamas slept on, was first paid by one of Trump's Republican opponents. So, so. In the early primaries, when Trump was going up against 16, 16 other uh, opponents, apparently one of his opponents uh, started started to put this uh, dossier together to try and make him look bad. And uh, so one of those, maybe when the person dropped out of the race, um, Fusion GPS approached lawyer Mark Elias, 
who represented both the Clinton campaign and the DNC to see if uh, if he wanted to retain the firm to continue the research. Um, as we now know, both the campaign and the DNC said yes, and that's what led to the former British spy Christopher Steele being hired by Fusion GPS to to be the face of the dossier, which uh, released right after the election. Yeah, would they put it together and they released it right after the election? What was the point of that? Mm, I don't know. But they're trying to put some stuff to make to make Trump look bad in the eyes of the of the public. But nothing. It's kind of like all those women that came by, came came up um, close close to the uh, election. About all of a sudden, Trump. You know, all these all these uh, several months of campaigning and all this stuff, and no women were coming up and saying that that uh, that Trump cheated on his wife. And there's, or that he took advantage of his power and and abused them or harassed, sexually harassed them. But all of a sudden, it started to get close, and all these women came out of the out of the out of the woodwork. And then Trump denied it. And then after the election, they just disappeared. You would have thought, if it was true, they would have still wanted to uh, wanted some uh, retribution, some uh, payback. They would have wanted something. So here's uh, here's President Trump. Reacting to this news on Wednesday while waiting to board uh, Marine One. I think it's very sad what they've done with this fake dossier. It was made up, and I understand they paid a tremendous amount of money. And Hillary Clinton always denied it. The Democrats always denied it. And now only because it's going to come out in a court case, they said, yes, they did it. They admitted it. And they were embarrassed by it. But I think it's a disgrace. It's just really a very, it's a very sad, it's a very sad commentary on politics in this country. It is a very sad commentary, but I think it's very happy uh, that, hey, hey, we got this independent investigation on Trump uh, colluding with the Russians. And what happened? It's all the Russian involvement is with the Democrats. I love it. I love it. Hopefully, hopefully Jeff Sessions has the has the uh, hopefully Jeff Sessions has the rocks to go through with this stuff and prosecute some people when he find out what's going on. Unlike what happened with uh, the IRS scandal, um, I still hope they reopen that case and and go after uh, Lois Lerner and and uh, that Costigan guy that uh, ran the IRS because those guys need to hang. Um, anyway, uh, so after a much publicized Twitter feud with uh, Trump this week, uh, Senator Bob Corker of Tennessee announced that he won't seek re-election. Corker's been in Senate for two terms. Okay, when his term ends next year, he's not running for re-election. It's Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona who's also getting who's getting the attention this week. He also has made the same announcement as as Corker, but in a way that was much more appealing to the media. We must stop pretending that the degradation of our politics and the conduct of some in our executive branch are normal. Reckless, outrageous, and undignified behavior has become excused and countenanced as telling it like it is. The notion that we should say or do nothing in the face of such mercurial behavior is ahistoric. And I believe profoundly misguided to announce that there must be no criticism of the president or that we are to stand by a president right or wrong is not only unpatriotic and servile, but is morally treasonable to the American public. Yeah, I th- kind of think that I kind of think that uh, maybe uh, as Trump gets in there, the more we have an outsider in there that can't be bought. We got he's coming up with more things that are going, what's going on? And people want to get out. I don't really think it's uh, that Jeff Flake has been in for one term. So maybe he said, hey, I tried this job. I didn't like it. I'm out. So the media praised Flake all week 
uh, all week long. But when they started questions like these, Flake did some backtracking. Let's hear the questions first. If he is dangerous to democracy, as you say, should he be removed from office? Well, there is a way that Congress can change this. Do you think Congress should be pursuing every avenue to uh, get President Trump out of office? Senator, is there a difference in your mind between a president who, and these are your words, undermines our democratic ideals and has a flagrant disregard for the truth and decency, and a president who is unfit to hold the office? Are words enough, though? Senator, what should you and your colleagues be doing? I guess he wasn't expecting him to ask these questions because he had some pretty weak responses. I don't think any of those remedies are, are uh, justified. No, I, I don't. I don't uh, want to go down that road. I don't think some of the remedies that are being talked about, uh, impeachment, high crimes and dis- misdemeanors, I don't think that that applies. Well, you know what? Uh, I wanted to, to look cool when I quit, but uh, I don't really want to push him to be responsible for this. Hey, I'm all out of time for part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of commercials and traffic and weather. And uh, part two is coming up with uh, my CPA. Help us understand the tax uh, reform. Brooke Horsepool, don't go away. We'll be right back. Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president, Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about uh, mortgages or uh, financing on the radio because it's just not that fun to listen to unless you're in the market for it. I'll tell you one of my uh, I'll tell you one of my uh, my rookie loan officers uh, called me up the other day and said, "Hey, someone posted on Facebook who does HELOCs? Anybody know who does HELOCs?" And he goes, "Do we do them?" I go, "Yeah, we do them, but you need to get back to the guy and say." And find out what he's looking for. Well, he wants a HELOC. I said, nobody wants a HELOC. They want access to cash. You need to find out what he's doing. He might have a, a $100,000 first mortgage at 3%. He doesn't want to mess it up, but he wants a $300,000 line of credit. That doesn't make sense to do that. If When that happens, you need to find out what he's looking for. If you want to talk to someone about more, uh, real estate financing, you want to talk to someone who thinks like you and thinks logically, uh, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. Also, don't forget about the listener hotline. If uh, there's something that you hear on the radio that uh, uh, makes you mad or inspires you, you can call in and you uh, it's uh, 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020. Twenty ninety-two. I might just play your clip on the radio like this one. Hello, Ed. This is Robert and Mara in Kelowna, and we uh, love your show and what you do, and hope you keep on doing it. I want to encourage you to that. And I was actually calling to talk to somebody about a loan too, so maybe I'll zero out and uh, somebody can help me. I actually talked to to Robert myself. I took care of him myself. So uh, you know what? We just haven't got that many uh, nasty ones like uh, Hannity was doing on his. He was playing all the people that were mad at him. I uh, guess maybe I just don't have as many people that are mad at me. Um, but hey, you know what? We play what we we play them as we get them. Uh, so anyway, I opened up the the second half with uh, the tax man because in the studio with me today to talk about. 
things financial is my personal CPA, Mr. Brooke Horsepool, CPA extraordinaire. And uh, you know what, uh, Brooke, welcome to the main event. Thank you so much, Ed. So uh, I'll tell you that I got hooked up with Brooke several years back as my finances got more technical, got more complicated and I was using his dad because most of my rich 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 uh, high, uh, high, uh, high highly technical uh, borrowers that had thick tax returns were using uh, his dad Ray and uh, so I started using Ray and several years later I'm you know I'm I'm talking to Brooke and I'm saying you know maybe I should start using you you return calls a lot faster and he goes I've been doing your tax returns the last three years I do them. Dad takes a look at him, makes sure that he agrees with the the adjustments I made, and he's doing, you know, hey, well, if that's the case, then Brooks the man. So uh, you do half half my company, half my clients. You're busy. I am. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate that. So uh, so so Brooke is. Uh, how long have you been a CPA? I've been a CPA now for 13 years. For 13 years, but you uh, but you went to the school of Ray Horsepool. I did. Yeah, he was a great mentor, and I appreciate him for that. Okay, bring that microphone a little closer to you. Um, so, so let's talk about some things because there's tax reform going on. Tax reform going on. You're hearing hearing a lot of people make a lot of noise. Um, and so, so just uh, on Thursday this week, the House passed the Senate amend the Senate amended the 2018 budget resolution in order to move ahead on the Trump administration's tax reform efforts. The budget will allow Republicans to pass tax legislation through a special process called reconciliation, which requires only 51 votes in the Senate instead of the usual 60. Um, here's Speaker Paul Ryan after the resolution passed on Thursday. Today, we passed a budget that is fiscally responsible, it strengthens our national defense, and it's really good for taxpayers. Most importantly, this budget that we just passed in the House today brings, brings us one step closer to historic tax reform. That means more jobs, fairer taxes, bigger paychecks for Americans. So, as I ask you on this, and you know, we probably should have that clip with Nancy Pelosi saying... They did a really bad thing today. What the Republicans did today was to give, was to give uh, a, a, a open path uh, to this assault, an assault. It's a you know, ripoff, a shakedown, a looting of the middle class. <sighs> so, uh, let's, but let's talk about the, uh, the budget resolution first. Resolution that the House passed this week allows $1.5 trillion to be added to the federal deficit to pay for presidents, pay for the president's tax cuts. Wait a minute. Oh, to pay for the president, the $1.5 trillion to be added to the federal debt. Oh, okay. So they're, they're anticipating the tax cuts. Uh, no question. We need tax reform. Is adding this much deficit worth it? You In know, your opinion? You know, Ed, um, I've never been a fan of debt. Um, adding debt in any any form has not been good. Uh-huh. I think that it needs to be balanced with cuts in spending. Um, if we if we're going to um, increase tax cuts, reducing tax revenue, let's have some smart approach to this and reduce our spending so that we're budget neutral and not increasing the burden to be paid in the future. Okay, so um, as I understand it, the budget doesn't really do that. It actually increases some spending in some areas like like the military and you. What's your take on that? I'm very much in favor of a strong military and in providing the resources they need to be able to protect our country. I think that if we are reducing spending in other areas, then we can we can increase budget spending in other places, which for example, the military. Which we haven't seen all the all the cuts that they made either yet. But uh, let's talk about uh, 
we don't have the Republicans' final plan uh, just yet. What we do have is a tax reform framework Republicans have sent to the Treasury Department. What stands out to you uh, when you look at the the overall the look of the framework that they that they posted? You know, I'm I'm really encouraged when I review the framework. I see some things that are really good. Doubling the standard deduction, um, lowering tax brackets has a, a great potential impact on a lot of Americans. Eliminating the death and estate tax um, can benefit most larger estates, which is especially <laughs> especially uh, especially people that have kids that are Repub- the kids of Republicans are gonna are gonna score on that one. And and then finally, lowering of the corporate tax rates, I think, can be very beneficial. Can be very be- beneficial, or very, uh, or I would say that's not very. It's not just very beneficial. It's it's mandatory. I like that term. I think mandatory is okay. Feel free. This is the main event. You're free to talk freely. Don't have to be professional. You'd have to talk just intelligent and make people people that listen to my show want to hear straight talk. You can talk like Trump if you want. You don't have to. You don't have to be. Uh, you don't have to be too uh, too canned. All right, I like it. Okay, so uh, the, uh, the the president the president made a claim about small business tax cuts in his plan. Let's hear it and get your reaction. Under our plan, more than 30 million Americans who own small businesses will get a 40 percent cut to their top marginal tax rate. This will be the lowest rate in more than 80 years. So this will be the lowest rate you have in more than 80 years. That's 1931 is the last time there was a rate this low. That's true. It is true. And I'm I'm really excited about that. I think that lowering the tax rate on corporations um, across the board will be very beneficial, especially to small business owners. How so? Uh, it'll put more money in our pockets and allow us, as a small business owner, I can speak candidly, um, it'll allow us to hire and buy equipment that we would need or want. Um, and most importantly, we can give raises to employees that need that additional money to make things meet. So how does, how does you buying more equipment help America? Uh, that's a great question. If I'm buying a piece of equipment, someone had to manufacture that piece of equipment. So that person from the, on the back end had to, I mean, the manufacturer would have to hire people to then be able to produce that equipment that I'm going to purchase. What kind of equipment are you purchasing? Um, computer equipment, I know, China, Japanese, but there's, <laughs> there's still some American components, I'm sure. There's some American company uh, that's employing salespeople to sell it to you. No, that's true. Truthfully, though, in, in the computer realm, I, I did live up in the Silicon Valley for years, and that's where most of those components are gonna, going to come from, be manufactured, uh-huh. microchips and, and whatnot. Okay. Um, so I personally would be buying computers. Um, my construction clients would be buying heavy equipment manufactured by Caterpillar. I think they're based out of Arizona. I'm not positive, but uh, okay. that's definitely American I thought American they were made. off the 605 in Santa Fe Springs or somewhere <laughs> over there. Maybe that's just one of the sales places. One of their sales offices. Yep. Okay, so uh, people say, um, I ran into a guy on our cruise on that Don and I went on um, a couple weeks ago and and we were talking about, you know, hey, this, he goes, hey, he's cutting taxes, but who's he cutting taxes for? The rich people, I said, well, he's cutting taxes for people that pay taxes. And uh, we had a, so you know how much how much do you make? We figured okay, you you pay about five thousand dollars a year in taxes. If he cut your five thousand dollars to zero, how many people would how many people would you would you hire? He said none. And I said then it doesn't make any sense to cut your taxes. You're not going to stimulate the economy. But when I told you that story, you had a comment about that extra extra four or five hundred dollars a month. What will he do with that? He would then go out and consume with that. He 
support his local restaurant or buy a new television. And he would create, he'd help yeah, stimulate, stimulate the, the economy through consumption. And uh, isn't that, and then you made a comment about Bush. Yeah, President Bush back in the in the early 2000s did that a couple times. He created some tax stimulus where um, I think he actually called it the uh, economic stimulus plan or something mm-hmm. to that effect. Where he he something where people got checks in the mail. Yeah, people got I think up to eight hundred dollar checks in the mail. I didn't get one. <laughs> you make too much money, Ed. Um, I'm I'm still feel left out. It's a good thing you're so handsome. That works for you then. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then, I have a I have a perfect face for radio. All right, so uh, so how do you how do you think that compares to what Reagan did when he cut the taxes like what Trump's doing? Um, you know, trickle down economics has proven to work in the past in the eighties. Wait, wait, extremely- wait, 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 wait! I think we have a clip from Hillary. You know that old theory, trickle down economics. That has been tried. That has failed. It has failed rather spectacularly she says trickle-down economics has been proven to not work over and over again i think hillary wants trickle up poverty to to still a phrase that's been used before where they want poverty to come from the bottom up and then that creates a larger voter base for them uh yeah they want to they want some more they want some more undocumented democrats in this country so make sure that they they can win elections so trickle-down economics it works Oh, absolutely. How explain it to the people? Assume assume that these people go trickle down economics. What does that mean exactly? Well, if you put more money in the hands of people that are going to employ individuals, you're creating a larger worker base, fewer people on welfare, you putting more people back to work, and then those people are then in turn going to be buying, consuming, and working, paying payroll taxes, paying um, buying gasoline, which is going to um, pay even more taxes. It's just a snowball effect to the positive. And then my, and then my, uh, my, uh, one of my theories is you do, uh, if you cut taxes to the big oil companies, they can actually reduce the cost of gas. And who does that help? Well, that helps every single working American. And that could actually lower prices of getting, getting every product to market because the delivery cost is less. So, People that, to me, that's trickle down, that's trickle down as well. So uh, let's go on to uh, one of the media's scare tactics on tax reform is tell people they're going to lose their 401k. A Washington Post headline this week, Trump and the GOP tax reform could drastically and irre- irreparably transform the 401k and other workplace retirement plans this week. The president tweeted, there will be no change to your 401k. This has always been a great and popular middle-class tax break that works. It stays. Uh, but in some of the media, they're reporting, uh, they're reporting the House may go around with the president to put a cap on 401k contributions anyway. What can you tell us about that? You know, if the House goes around the president on this, they need to be removed. There's no doubt. The 401k is a huge benefit to every working American. To be able to put money away tax-deferred into a retirement plan mm-hmm. is huge. You know, to be able to grow that and have that to rely upon and when you retire... And if Congress goes in and reduces that or puts in some sort of workaround, we need to focus on removing them. Plus, it gives it just gives people incentive to. I think it, I think it takes off some of the burden of retirement from the government because people people think, hey, Social Security is going to support me. It's not. No, if you're relying on Social Security for your retirement, then you're okay living at a substandard uh, living standard. 
Exactly. So uh, here's a mortgage question here. Uh, in the mortgage and real estate market, there's a lot of talk about how the changes to mortgage interest rate deduction will affect our industry. Um, I don't think people buy houses because of the tax break. I think that's one of the one of the bonuses to, to buying houses. What's your thought on how this is going to affect people? Well, you know, the, the income taxes haven't have only existed since 1913, I believe. And prior to then, everybody wanted to own a home in America. So to, to think that the purchasing of a home is, is solely based on your ability to write off the mortgage interest is a little naive. I think Americans in general have a strong desire for family, home, community, um, faith, God. They want to own the home they live in. I think that provides a sense of pride and a sense of ownership and a sense of belonging to a community. To think that people will only buy because they can have that mortgage write off, I think is a very naive approach. Um, for sure, there is a little bit of incentive to have that mortgage write off on your taxes, but it's so minuscule when compared to the grand scheme of why people would be buying a house. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so let's talk about let's talk about some of the specifics. We talked about a few examples uh, before we walked into the studio about who's going to benefit. So you've got. Um, a few things that are that as I understand, of course, we haven't seen the exact tax reform proposal. Um, we're seeing, we're hearing little bits and pieces. So we know that. So they're they're increasing the standard deduction. What does that mean? Um, when you're when you're filing your tax return, you either claim the standard deduction or your itemized deductions. You take the greater of the two, and your standard deduction right now, as it sits, is uh, for 2017 will be is proposed at twelve thousand nine hundred dollars under the president's proposed tax reform, it would be $24,000 for the standard deduction married filing joint. So basically, um, if you don't have enough write-offs, if you don't have at least 12,900 today, if you don't have at least 12,900, then you, uh, then you, then you, you get 12,900. So yeah, the you first 12,900 is tax-free. Correct. Okay. So after, so if you've got enough mortgage interest and, uh, uh, property taxes and charitable donations, charitable dona- state, state income taxes. Those are all things that are factored into your itemized deductions. So, so they're going to double that, but they're talking about taking away the mortgage interest deduction. You think that's a wash? Well, truly the mortgage interest deduction won't go away under the, under the president's plan. What it will do is it'll just increase the standard amount. So you necessarily wouldn't need the mortgage write off. So if your mortgage still happens to be high enough to where you pay enough mortgage interest, you would get that benefit still. Are you sure? Um, yeah, under, under the president's um, unified framework, uh-huh. there's two things that he's proposing will definitely stay. One is the mortgage interest, and the other one are charitable donations. But most people aren't paying $24,000 in mortgage interest, so you're going to default to the higher standard deduction. So the maximum they can write off is a million dollars in mortgages. So if you're, but let's just say the average person has a 400,000, they're paying 4%, that's- 16,000. $16,000 a year. So if you got 16,000 plus property taxes on a, let's say a $500,000 house is about 5,000, so 21,000. So for someone who's just got a $400,000 mortgage on a 500,000, a house they paid $500,000 for, then they they would have written off twenty one thousand in the old thing now and now since the standard deduction went up to twenty four thousand from twelve thousand nine hundred, um, 
there just would be no need to itemize. Right. Yeah. And, and then it'd actually still be ahead. And I think that's part of um, President Trump's proposal to simplify things is it reduces, and that's a huge audit area, are the itemized deductions, your Schedule A audits are very common. If they can remove that by simply having a higher standard deduction, things are simpler. And then the state tax and county tax. So state and county, if they're talking about removing that, which I know they're fighting over now, that's that's a little bit more intense. Yeah, they're they're looking to remove the um, deduction for state income taxes, and that's really punitive to you know higher earning states. And it, coincidentally, they turn out to be more liberal states. California, New York, and New Jersey are all states that would be highly impacted by that. Uh, so for those of us idiots that still are in California. Uh, because we like the, I mean, it's 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 almost embarrassing. I see some things on TV from some of our Congress people, specifically last night. Um, how what a bunch of morons we have in Congress and and uh, in our state Senate and the people in this and then the people that vote in California. You know, our taxes are so high, we waste so much money on stupid stuff, and uh, so it's really it's going to hurt us more because we're dumber than the rest of the nation. So I guess then, I guess then, if that hurts a little more, that will encourage California to uh, elect a uh, Republican governor and uh, in, in next year, and maybe uh, start going back to Republican and maybe lower the state taxes because it hurts us more on our federal taxes. We can hope that that would be the case. Um, history has proven to be very difficult to affect that proper change, but we can hope. But we had it at one time. We had Reagan as our. Uh, we had Ronald Reagan as a governor we had pete wilson we had george duke george duke machin uh we thought we had a republican with uh, uh with with arnold schwarzenegger the the governator but uh didn't quite he didn't really stand very strong i think that was a a, a large disappointment for a lot of californians mm -hmm. and we're, we're hoping to to see some uh, real conservative reform with uh, schwarzenegger uh yeah we were but he he went he went too fast he tried to he tried to overrule he tried to he tried to take on the the unions and every every little thing at one time and pass all his all his four propositions the first election and had too much resistance and the the voters of this country don't read and don't think uh, they only look at headlines and little blips they see on signs in people's yards and uh, teachers unions and uh, uh, all the all the unions and all the and they just don't think. They don't read. They don't think. They don't consider. And then they say, hey, what's it do for me today as opposed to what's it do for the betterment of our state, our economy that's going to do for me long term? So we uh, so we did a few examples of, uh, of somebody making 50000 somebody making 100000 someone making 300000 And what were the – what were the – for the most part, what was in – what – what did you see? What do you what do you see it's going to do for the individual taxpayer specifically? You know, based, you don't have to talk specific numbers. Oh, absolutely. Just in general, based on on the examples we went through earlier, um, there's really not much of a of an impact on um, people making hundred thousand dollars or less. There will be some tax savings for them, so it's definitely going to be beneficial for the lower and middle income classes. Um, not life changing. Not life changing at all. Where will the life changes come in? The life changes will come in and that you'll see more people with jobs. Um, you'll see less people on welfare and you'll see more people being able to contribute to the tax basis. And, and I think that's truly where we're going to see the balancing of the budget. Mm -hmm. You put more people to work, you're going to have less of a drain. 
less people being supported by the government and, and more people supporting the government through paying taxes. Which the government is us. The government is us. The, the by the people, for the people, and of the people. So uh, what more What more can you add in? What more can you add in that people are going, is this tax reform a good thing? I think um, and if anyone will simply go to um, the internet and find the president's plan, they'll see that it is reasonable. Um, that we need to contact our congressmen and make sure that we push for these real changes to happen. Um, we need to see things simplified. We need to see things taxes lowered. Um, we're, we're paying plenty of tax, and I think that will spur the economy and get people working. Mm-hmm. And the more people working, everybody pays some. Nobody pays. Nobody has to pay fifty-two percent income tax, and nobody gets to pay zero. I think that's a. Uh, we need to figure out how to tax. I, I think a national sales tax. Uh, and eliminate the IRS. I guess that's going to get you uh, more available to come to work at my office. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I am completely in favor of a national sales tax. I know that sounds horrible. Um, and all my CPA uh, co, uh, co-conspirators, I don't want to call us that. Uh-huh. All of my, um, all of my, <laughs> all your CPA friends, all my CPA friends will, will hate become me corporate, corporate controllers. That's right. Um, I think that that would get everyone paying at least something and, and, Removing the IRS, I think, would be, I mean, everyone is afraid of the IRS. You get a letter in the mail, your hands start sweating, you get a pit in your stomach, you don't know what it is. And we and we saw today uh, headlines about uh, uh, Obama, actually President Obama, the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the uh, IRS all being co-conspirators in that uh, attack against the Tea Party groups last year. Uh, see the abuse of power, that would eliminate that completely, wouldn't it? Yeah, there's no question that um, whoever's in charge can use tactics that are going to intimidate and strong arm those people that they oppose. And President Obama clearly used that through um, in, through the IRS, Lois Lerner, um, intimidating the uh, Tea Parties. And the um, report was saying more than 400 entities were, were being strong armed by the IRS. And I think that's a, a huge abuse of power. Yes, it is. Hey, we're out of time for the this episode of the main event. Brooke, thanks for coming in and helping uh, helping educate my listeners. Ed, thank you so much for having me. And uh, as we get the actual plan, I'll have you uh, have you back in unless it's uh, near April or October when uh, when uh, those of us uh, that wait till the last minute file our taxes. Great. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate you. Okay, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 0114-7747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603-K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 0961998.